Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. Writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, in honor of Daylight Saving Time, I have a segment on a few different time-related topics. Another segment about the origin of the word woman, and a familect story about sitting benext to someone. Let's get started. Many parts of the world are moving from standard time to daylight saving time, also called summer time, this week. So I thought it would be a good time to talk about the phrase daylight saving time and time in general. I still have to think of the mnemonic spring forward, fall back every time we do this to figure out what to do with my clocks. Since it's spring, I'll be moving my clocks ahead Saturday night before I go to bed. Technically, the time changes at 2 a.m. on Sunday, but it's not like I'm going to wait up just to change my clocks. Britain and Germany were the first countries to institute a time change during World War I. When the United States joined the war, lawmakers agreed that moving the clocks was a good way to save energy. In the official 1918 law that established the time change in the U.S., they named it Daylight Saving Time. It's still generally agreed to be daylight saving time today and not savings time. No S at the end. Remember the spelling by thinking that the whole idea was that people were saving energy and the words aren't capitalized and there's no hyphen. Daylight saving time. And a sad footnote is that supposedly we don't save energy anymore by switching to daylight saving time because the energy we save by not having to turn on the lights as early is more than offset by how much more we run our air conditioners while we're home in the warmer evenings. Next, we'll talk about time zones. Most countries have signed on to the idea of a standard world time system. For us, the world is divided into 24 time zones, and each zone differs by an hour from the time zone next to it. Not everyone uses this system, though. Some time zones don't participate in daylight saving time, and a few places divide their region into half-hour zones. Actually, it's even more complicated than that. Arizona, for example, doesn't participate in daylight saving time, but other states in the same time zone do. So during standard time, it's the same time in Arizona and Utah, but during daylight saving time, it's an hour earlier in Arizona because Arizonans don't spring forward like other regions in the same time zone. And that probably makes sense energy-wise, because they use a lot of air conditioning in Arizona. I know, I used to live there. 
If you need to indicate that a time is in a certain time zone, the simplest way to do it is to put the time zone abbreviation after the time. For example, for Eastern Standard Time, you'd write 4.30 p.m. followed by the capital letters E-S-T. However, as many listeners have noted over the years, it's common for people not to know whether we're in daylight saving time or standard time, and to write EST throughout the year and not just during standard time. If you're one of those people, it's better to simply use ET as an abbreviation for Eastern time instead of getting it wrong. Generally, you capitalize all the words when you're writing the full name of the time zone, and capitalize just the first part when you're using a shortened version. For example, you capitalize all the words in Pacific Standard Time and Pacific Daylight Time, but just the word Pacific if you're referring to simply Pacific Time. Multiple international listeners have suggested using GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, as an alternative because it's the same for everyone. GMT uses a 24-hour clock that's tied to the time at the Royal Observatory in Greenwich, England. The Associated Press includes the local time and GMT in some international stories, and when they do, it's written in parentheses after the local time. So if a story includes Eastern Daylight Time and GMT, for example, it'd be written as 5 p.m. EDT, followed by 2100 GMT in parentheses. GMT is also known as Universal Coordinated Time, abbreviated UTC. And the time in the other time zones outside of the Greenwich zone is sometimes written as a plus or a minus offset from GMT. So the time in New York can be referred to as GMT minus 5 or UTC minus 5. That's the capital letters of the abbreviation, followed by a hyphen, and then the number 5 with no spaces. And yes, I too noticed that the abbreviation UTC doesn't match the words universal coordinated time. It turns out the abbreviation is a compromise meant to be acceptable to people speaking different languages. English doesn't always win. And just to make things even more complicated, GMT, or UTC, are also sometimes known as Zulu time. According to timeanddate.com, the Zulu time designation is mostly used in aviation and in the military. The name comes from the fact that each time zone in GMT has an alphabetical letter designation, and the zone at the Royal Observatory is labeled Z. So the name Zulu time comes from the name of the letter Z in the NATO phonetic alphabet, Zulu. You know how A, B, and C are Alpha Bravo Charlie? Well, Z is Zulu. And in case you're curious, the time zones in the U.S. are designated RST-UVW from the Eastern time zone to the Hawaiian time zone. Zulu time also uses the 24-hour clock and is written with a Z after the number with no space and may be written with or without a colon in the number, according to timeanddate.com. And you say it is 0800 Zulu, for example, for 8 o'clock in the morning. Although GMT, UTC, and Zulu time are the same everywhere, and they might be an improvement over all our different time zones, they're not the current standard in the general public in the United States. It may be good to use GMT if you regularly schedule meetings internationally, but I can't recommend it yet for people who mainly communicate with other people in the U.S. But I do think it's polite to describe your meeting times in the other person's time zone. 
For example, I usually say something like, let's talk at nine. That's noon, your time. Just make sure you get the conversion right. I always use timeanddate.com to check on times in other cities. And still, a couple of times a year, I miss a meeting because someone doing the scheduling got the time zone conversion wrong. And every time that happens, the let's use GMT suggestion sounds a little better. Also, there are at least two acceptable ways to write AM and PM, which are abbreviations for anti-meridium and post-meridium. Anti-meridium is Latin for before noon, and post-meridium is Latin for afternoon. Note that it's meridiem with an M and not meridien with an N. You can write AM and PM as lowercase letters with periods after them, or as small capitals with or without periods. Either way, there should be a space between the time and the AM or PM that follows. Although small capitals used to be the preferred style, it's now more common to see lowercase letters followed by periods. I suspect that's because it's a little bit of extra work to make small caps on a computer. And a listener named Ray asked whether it's okay to write 2 p.m. without the zeros instead of 2 p.m. with 2 colon zero zero. If you're using Associated Press style, that's how you'd write it. But Chicago style recommends including the zeros, so it depends on what style guide you follow. And remember how I said AM means before noon and PM means afternoon? So what about noon then? Well, technically noon is neither AM nor PM. Although it's common to see noon written as 12 PM and midnight written as 12 AM, it's not correct and can confuse people. It's better to stick with just the words noon and midnight. There are also a couple of redundancies that relate to time. For example, it's redundant to say 8 a.m. in the morning. By including the a.m., you've already indicated that it's morning. It's also usually redundant to use the phrase period of time. Either period alone or time alone will usually suffice. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary of English Usage argues that occasionally using the full phrase period of time adds clarity. But I'm willing to bet that 19 times out of 20, you can use either period or time without causing confusion. But if you run into a sentence in which you really think you need it, go ahead. I hope that helped, and if you live somewhere that observes daylight saving time, remember to move your clocks forward Saturday night before you go to bed. International Women's Day is March 8th. On this day, people around the world celebrate the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. The first celebration was held in 1911, and the event was recognized by the United Nations starting in 1975. It's a great time to think about the origin of the word woman. It's a combination of the words wife and man. Now, that's not necessarily as discriminatory as it sounds. You see, when Old English was first being spoken in the 5th century AD, there were two distinct words for men and women. Where meant adult male, and whiff meant adult female. There was a third word, man, which simply meant person or human being. These words could be combined. Where plus man in the form of waith man meant adult male person. Whiff plus man, whiff man, meant adult female person. 
By the way, the original Old English word whiff, meaning adult female, stuck around, but in a different form. Its meaning narrowed to the one we know today, a married woman. And the Old English word for adult male evolved into a simplified form. The compound waithman melted into the simple word we use today, man. Perhaps the lesson to take away from all this is that the role of women in society has always been complex. Whatever the case, your tidbit for today is this. The word woman was originally a compound of the Old English words for woman and human being. Sounds about right to me. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Finally, I have a familect story from Mary Cecilia Jackson. She's the author of the book Sparrow, and she told a shortened version of this story in a Q&A she has coming out on my website at quickanddirtytips.com. And when I read it, I thought it was so great that I asked her to call it in. Hey, Grammar Girl. This is Mary Cecilia Jackson, author of Sparrow, and I'm going to tell you about a made-up word that's special to me and my family. When my youngest son was very small, maybe three or four years old, He'd climb up next to me wherever I was sitting and tell me that he wanted to sit be next to me. Be next was his mashup of beside and next to. But over time, I learned that it had a deeper meaning. My little boy sat be next to me whenever he was tired or scared or needed some mom snuggles or wanted me to tell him a story. Sometimes he sat be next to me just because he knew I'd listen to him tell me all the many reasons why he liked Thomas the Tank Engine and Blue's Clues. Be next in our family never describes simple spatial proximity. It was a word that meant, I want to be near you because I love you and you make me feel safe and happy. That child is 26 years old now, six foot five, a bearded bodybuilder and personal trainer. Now when he sits beside me, I remember the little boy he used to be, and I know that we're still be next to each other, and always will be. Thanks, Grammar Girl. Bye. Thanks, Mary Cecilia. That's a wonderful story, and I love the word be next. I actually looked it up in the OED because I thought it might be an archaic word that we just don't use anymore, but it's not there. Your son truly did make it up. If you want to share your family dialect story, the story of a word your family and only your family uses, leave a voicemail at 833214-GIRL, and you might hear it on the show. I'm Mignon Fogarty, author of the New York Times bestseller, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. Subscribe to the audio podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. And thanks to my producer, Nathan Sims. That's all. Thanks for listening. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. 
With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.